Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Rick Kiley. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. Matthew chapter 9, verse 36 is where we'll begin today. Again, I want to thank all of you that are making an all-out effort to pray and to fast and to seek the face of God. They that hunger and thirst after righteousness, there you go, they shall be filled. We are living in a world where people don't have hope. That makes them hopeless. Where they don't have God, that makes them godless. We want them to be filled with the Spirit of God. We want them to be hopeful, thankful, full. Matthew 9, 36. When he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and they were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he to his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. We need God, folks. And we need all of God we can get. So I'd like to sing this chorus before you're seated. I kind of sprang it on Sister Bauer with short notice. But let's worship as we sing together and worship God. Hallelujah. You are my strength when I am weak. You are the treasure that I seek. You are my all in all Seeking you as a precious jewel Lord, to give up I'd be a fool You are my all in all Jesus, Lamb of God Worthy is your name Jesus, Lamb of God Worthy is your name Taking my sin, my cross, my shame Rising again, I bless your name. You are my all in all. When I fall down, you pick me up. When I am dry, you fill my cup. You are my
worship you, Lord, today. Worthy is your name, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you, Sister Bauer. The passage that I read to you today shows us a Savior who has great compassion, who sees a great need, who asks for help. The disciples were his answer to prayer. As he approached them, whether one at a time or even two at a time, he invited them to go on a journey with him, to take on his mission. And I need to make it perfectly clear from the very beginning that his mission is to seek and to save that which is lost. That is his primary mission. All of the healings, the miracles, and the blessings that he gave to people were in a secondary state compared to his primary mission, which was to come and die for the sins of mankind and to give them a hope of salvation and an eternity with him. He never lost sight of his purpose, and he tried to instill that into his disciples, thereby making the disciples and answer to his prayer. Those disciples, later called apostles, gave us a doctrine and a faith which we continue to practice even this day. We become an answer to God's prayer, seeking and saving that which is lost. Now in the world that we live today, People don't have a lot of hope. People are nervous. They're on edge. They are fearful. But the most important thing that I want to preach to you today is they have no purpose. Now, this may sound just a little negative, but it is important that we understand this. You may not know it because it's not advertised as frequently as other things such as murder. But people are literally killing themselves through suicide on a regular basis. How does a person get to the point where they consider taking their own life? Circumstances and events, too many of them too frequently, have caused them to lose hope and they feel that the world would be better off without them. And they don't want to live anymore because they don't have any purpose. And so today, for a few minutes, I want to preach on this subject, the lost coin of purpose. What is our purpose, and can we bring them a purpose for living? Now, the Father, and God can take on many manifestations. He can take on the form of the Father to us. He can be a master. He can be a Lord. He can be a Savior. He can be all of these things. But the Father first comes to his family for help. In Matthew chapter 21, it talks about how he came to his two sons. 21 and 28 said a certain man had two sons. He came to the first And he said, son, go work in my vineyard. And he answered and said, I will not. 
But afterward he repented and he went. He came to the second and he said, likewise. And he said unto him, I go, sir. But he went not. Whether of them twain did the will of his father? They said unto him, the first. And Jesus said unto them, verily I say unto you, that the publicans and the harlots go into the kingdom of God before you. What was he saying? You are the second sons. You say all the right things, but you don't go where I've asked you to go, and you don't do what I tell you to do. And so I have to ask myself, and I ask this congregation today, which child are we? Which of the two children are we when the father asks us to go and work in his vineyard or in his fields? What is our initial answer, and more importantly, What is our following action? Because actions speak louder than words. People would rather see a sermon than hear a sermon. The master then, after he speaks of these family members, he then goes to the unemployment office. That's what he does. He goes to the unemployment office at the the third, the the sixth, the ninth, even the 11th hour of the day, and he comes to the unemployment office and said, I've got some grapes I gotta get out of my vineyard. Would you be willing to come and work in my vineyard at these different time intervals? And they say, yeah, that's why we're here. We're at the unemployment office. We don't have any purpose. We don't have any reason for getting up today. We're, We're hoping that somebody will hire us and give us a job. And he says, well, I got work for you to do, and I... I pay well, and trust me, I'll I'll make it right by you if if you will go and work in my field. The only one he ever made a promise to was the one that came at the first. And he said, I'll give you a penny, which was a great wage, and they agreed on it. So these people went at the different time intervals, and at the end, he ultimately paid them all equally. But that's not what I'm going to preach today, Not, not the reward That's not what I want to focus on. I want to focus on the fact that the master of the vineyard had work to get done. And some of us have been in it a long time. Some of us have been in the vineyard for 40, 50, maybe you've been in your whole life. And others of us have been in a very short time. Don't compare yourselves among yourselves. Don't worry about how the master pays you or what your reward is. Just say, yes, sir, and go to the field and work in the field, and God will make it right by you. And then I want to show you a man who had no purpose, a man by the name of Legion. Let me set the stage for you before I introduce you to Legion today. Jesus is having a great revival. People are being healed. He's teaching. He's ministering. Multitudes, the scripture says, are coming to him by droves. At times, he even has to get in a boat because they push him up against the shore and he realizes they won't be able to hear him. So he gets in a boat and speaks across the water. And in all of this activity, which we would call a great revival and everything that they were looking for, he says, stop. Send them away. Tell them to go away. 
And he turns to his disciples and says, we're going to get in this boat. We've got a purpose. We're going to cross this sea and get to the other side. If I were a disciple, I'd say, why, Jesus? We've got what we've prayed for. Thousands of people are hearing you. Thousands are being healed. Why would we leave this place until we fished it out? Until all the work was accomplished? Unless you've got a greater multitude on the other shore. But they trust him. They get in a boat. And these disciples are crossing a sea and they're going through a terrible storm and they feel that they're going to lose their lives until Jesus stands on the bow of the boat and says, peace be still and and calms the waves and reminds them that I said, we're going to the other side. Why did you think we'd drown in the sea? And they're embarrassed. But finally the ship comes to the other side of the sea and there's no multitude. There's no great gathering. Matter of fact, they pull up and they're right in front of a graveyard. Well, maybe he's going to resurrect the graveyard today. Maybe he's going to bring them all out of their tombs. Maybe that's what he wanted to show, his great authority in resurrecting a cemetery. But instead, they encounter a maniac, a man who's wearing no clothes, shabbily in his appearance, angry in his demeanor aggressive in his behavior, even toward the Lord. One man, that's all they can find. And the Lord rebukes the demons that are in him and casts them out, and they go into the swine and drown in the sea. That's the story of legion, because legion means thousands. Thousands. This is a man that is feared by the entire community, avoided at all costs, an outcast of society, a lunatic, a demon-possessed man. Nobody goes near this cemetery except to bury people and leave as quickly as they came for fearing encountering legion. But the Lord put the disciples through a storm and left a multitude for one man. My point is this, your soul is the most important thing there is on this earth to God, and he'll do whatever it takes and put his people through whatever he wants them to go through to get to your life. And I don't know what it took to get you here today. I don't know about your circumstances and and your problems, but the reason you're here today is because no man comes to God except the Spirit of God draws him. And our God is able to deliver, to heal, and to restore your mind, your spirit, and your life today. You're that important. He has never lost sight of his purpose. And when the Lord was done with Legion, you can read about it in verse 18. When he was come into the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him. He didn't just ask him. Lord, grant me one one more prayer request. What's that, Legion? I want to go with you. Do you remember when you first received the Holy Ghost? What did you want more than anything? I want to be with you, Lord, all the time. I mean, if I had my way, I'd like the rapture to happen right now so that I could begin eternity with you this, this very moment, right? That's the way Legion felt. 
He prayed that he might be with him. Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but he said unto him, Go home to your friends and tell them how great things the Lord has done for thee and how he had compassion on thee. Wait a minute, let me stop here. What friends? I don't have any friends. I I don't have any relatives. I don't have a home. I don't have a job. I'm feared in the community. Oh yeah, you clean me up and I'm dressed and I'm all clean shaven and I look good and, and all of that, but they know me as legion. I have no good reputation here. That's part of the reason I wanted to leave. I I wanted to leave and go to a strange country where nobody knew me, where, where I could get a fresh start. But the Lord said, no, you're missing the point. I want you to change what's around you. I I want you to influence the people that have seen who you were by discovering who you are. Well, I don't understand the friends. Go make some. I don't have a job. Go get one. I don't have a place to live. You'll find one. He didn't argue with him. But he surely had to think. Do you really? Okay, Lord, I'll trust you. So he departed, it says, and began to publish in Decapolis how great things the Lord had done for him, and all men did marvel. Hey, I want you to know we're the legions of the world. We're the outcasts of society. We're the ones that took his name in vain. We're the ones that lied, cheated, and stole. Do you remember those days? I'm not trying to drag up your past and and make you feel guilty, but do you remember who you were before your encounter with God? Because if you do, you're gonna be real compassionate toward people that are currently in that state. Knowing that if God could save you, then he can save them. If God can give you a purpose, then God can give them a purpose. And that you are the one that's supposed to declare his works and his glory in your life. That's why he left you behind. We may be left behind, but we are never left alone. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. No, not to the end of the world. And folks, here's the best part. We were born with a purpose. Just as Legion was told what to do by the Lord, we have been told what to do by the Lord. The fields are white unto harvest. The vineyards, grapes are grown. This is our finest opportunity. This can be our greatest hour. The worse it gets in the world, the greater the opportunity for the church. The darker the night, the brighter the light. The more hopeless that people feel, we've got hope. And we can help. And we've got a purpose. I remember when I first came into the church, Shortly after I received the Holy Ghost, I had two dreams. I've never forgotten them. 
in over 40 years. And I know some of you have heard it, but I'm going to mention it again. And in the first dream, I was back in high school. It was Friday night basketball. I was dribbling the ball up the court, and all the fans were cheering. It was Friday night. Lights. And I was having a great time. And, the, and the, around the floor were bleachers all the way around the floor. And people were yelling and screaming and having a great time until a fire started at the bottom of the bleachers. And it was all the way around the court. And it was burning toward the top. And people were scrambling to try and get to the top of the bleachers to avoid the fire for as long as they could. And they were screaming with fear and with pain. And I woke up and I said, God, what is that about? Why would I have a dream like that? And the Lord said, because you're busy playing games while people are facing hell. And what are you going to do about it? That's the way I was born. The next night, the very next night, I had another dream. And in this dream, there was a white throne and the Lord sat on the throne. I, I didn't see the front of him. I only saw the back of him because the church is behind and you know, we're all, we've already been through our process, but here come these people to be judged. And I noticed as they were lining up and appearing one at a time, I noticed one of them that I recognized. When I recognized him, I immediately turned my eyes away from him. I didn't want to look at him. But finally his turn came, and he stood before the Lord, and I didn't hear what was said, but I heard what the Lord said at the conclusion. Depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. And he cast him into outer darkness. And as he walked away, he took a few steps, and then he stopped. And he turned, and he looked at me, and he pointed his finger and said, and you never gave me a chance. You never told me the truth. And I woke up from that dream, sweating and scared. And I realized that God was saying, listen, you better take the purpose that I left you behind for seriously. Because this, this can be a reality for someone and for you. How many of you would feel comfortable with a situation like that? We have a purpose. And that purpose is to seek and save that which is lost. Let us not focus on, well, thank you, God, for my salvation and bless me, and heal me, and keep me, and my family. And that's all we care about. And we don't see the fields. There was a woman named Rachel who had no children from Jacob. Leah had several children. Rachel was barren. And one day she went before God, and she said to God, give me children, lest I die. If I'm not going to have children, then I don't have a purpose. My purpose is to have children. So give me children. 
lest I die. I wonder if the church can ever go back to its roots and say, God, if you can use anything, you can use me. Take my hands, take my feet, touch my heart, speak through me, Lord. But give me children, spiritual children, new birth children, lest I die. And what about 3 John and verse 4, the declaration of Paul who had no wife and had no earthly children. For him to say, I have no greater joy than to know that my children walk in truth. What was he talking about? He's not married. He's talking about spiritual children. He's talking about his influence and his mentoring and his teaching that produced spiritual children, that brought people to repentance. Water baptism in Jesus' name and the infilling of the Holy Ghost, who people that had no purpose now lived now lived for their purpose. I want to bring another thing to your attention about my past. In my day, there was a song that touched my heart, and I'm going to have them play it for you right now because I think it, it fits this message so well. It's called, My House is Full, But My Fields Are Empty. If you'd play that, please. So many times we, we come even on an evening like tonight and just want to enjoy. God help us to enjoy and then remember that the enjoyment is only to build up our reserves to go out there and win a lost world. Would you listen carefully? These words, some of them are my words. Some of them are the words that we heard in the prophecy that night. My house is full, but my field is empty. Peace and contentment in the Father's house today. Lots of food on his table, and no one is turned away. There is singing and laughter as the No one 
to spoil and if it spoils the only thing you can do with it is plow it under or burn it Bob Meyer sang a song that I never forgot I I never grew tired of him singing it but the song he sang was you're the only Jesus some will ever see You're the only words of life some will ever read. So let them see in you the one that's true, the only one they'll ever need, because you are the only Jesus some will ever see. Yesterday I sat in a hospital room for four and a half hours. And at the end of those four and a half hours, I was in the midst of a group of people that came in in the last few minutes that I was there. 
And when they came in, there was a man that was very distraught. He talked about how this was the final straw. I can't take any more. I can't handle any more that life has dished out to me. I listened for a while and I felt compelled to speak, so I grabbed him by the sleeve and I said, Sir, I would like to speak to your situation. But tell me, what has happened? He said, well, I had this big old car. It was kind of an antique. It's a tank, and it's a beautiful car. And My wife and I were driving down the road, and some, he used some terms, person came and hit us, and my car is ruined. My wife is right now in the emergency room, and her chin is all broken up, and her wrist and her ribs are broken, and and I just... I can't take any more. And I said, well, sir, that car saved your wife. If it had been a tin can, she'd probably be dead by now. Your car can be replaced. Sir, will you be leaving this hospital with your wife today? Oh, yeah. I said, I've had lots of cars, but I've only had one wife. You need to be so thankful. God put me in that situation. Not to just to hear a person complain about how bad it was, but to be able to minister to them. And I think that happens to us more often than we realize. I told God, next time, don't wait four and a half hours. Bring them in a half hour. <laughs> to which God said, I do things on my time, not on yours. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? We have a purpose. That's why we're still here. Otherwise, the rapture should have already taken place. I conclude with this. Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15 talks about three things that are lost. Lost sheep, lost coin, and a lost son. I want to leave you with this thought, and it's really the focal part, and it's going to resonate in you for some time to come. I've been working on this message for a month, and finally I get to deliver it. Luke 15 and 8. What woman, having a piece of silver, if she loses one piece does not light a candle. That means if it's dark out or if you've looked all day sweeping the house, seek diligently till she finds it. Now some commentaries will say this. They will say that a man, when he proposes to a woman, Jewish custom, when he proposes to a woman, will then leave her for up to a year while he goes and builds a house and makes everything ready for his bride-to-be and the family that they will have. It could take up to a year. And before he leaves, he may give her a dowry of his own and say, with this money... You can prepare a wedding dress. 
This will help to meet all of the needs that you have because I could be gone up to a year and this will help you through. It's not just about the money. It's the only memory she has of him while he is gone. It's very, very important to her because I asked the question, well, doesn't she have nine left? Shouldn't she rejoice in the nine? But that one coin that that bride-to-be lost caused her to go crazy until she could find it. And I said, God, I don't understand. Tell me what this means. And I'm not forming a new doctrine, but I'll tell you what the Lord spoke to my mind. He said, the coin that she lost was the coin of purpose. And when you lose your purpose, you've lost everything of value. And that's why she was so frantic about finding that one coin, that coin of purpose. And when she found it, she called her friends and neighbors together saying, rejoice with me, I found the peace that I had lost. Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repents. What does that have to do with a coin? Everything, if the coin is the coin of purpose. Because in fulfilling our purpose, we are leading sinners to repentance. And the angels are on the balcony having a party over one person that repents because we're fulfilling our purpose. Let us never lose sight of our purpose because if we lose our purpose, we lose our peace. Play on words. Well, it's just one piece of your life that you've lost. No, we lose our peace and we lose our joy. There is nothing more, I'll tell you what, I would rather see one person at an altar in repentance or one person being buried in a watery grave or one person with their hands lifted up in the air receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I'd rather rejoice over that than a new suit, a new car, a new place to live, a new job. That's not why we're here. Oh, I'm here to make money. I'm here to provide. No, you're not. You're here because Jesus left you as one of his legions behind with a purpose to go and tell what great things Amen. the Lord has done in your life and how he wants to do it in theirs as well. They need your hope. You need to fulfill your purpose. We need to fulfill our purpose. So let's stand together. Don't lose your coin of purpose. Jesus, I pray today, starting with Rick Kiley, don't ever let me get to the point where I lose my focus of purpose. Where I forget what you have done for me and what you wanna do for others where my priorities get all mixed up 
where I start talking about me and stop talking about you. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.